0: Episode 51. Hello. Lauren, we are indeed recording our regular episode. I know there was some confusion before this. Yeah, I, it all meshes together for me. Oh, it all blurs, baby. It all really blurs. So, okay. just so you know, this is an episode that will be going out to family members, childhood friends, future employers,
1: you know. Great. Yeah. Well,
0: actually, I did get a very sweet text from Kagan Chan. Really? Where he said, yes, where he said... I miss you so much that I listened to your most recent podcast. Oh my gosh! Is that so cute? That's really cute. That's really I know. really cute. Wow! I know. I was shocked to receive such like a is, such it, verbal um, right. affirmation. Is this but the first it, podcast he's ever listened to? Probably the second total. Wow. He's probably listened to like three three minutes of another one. He really does not is not interested in our podcast whatsoever, which is mm-hmm. what truly actually you know what made it so complimentary that's so cute I'm really happy that he said that and did he say anything about me you know he hasn't said anything about you I'm so sorry (laughs) my fiance has not been talking about you recently there was no affirmation I mean I just feel like he's not giving me as any affirmations and I am his fiance's sister you know Mm -hmm. and that's concerning your love language as his future sister-in-law is words of affirmation thankfully Mm -hmm. not physical touch and he's still (laughs) he is not performing yeah he's really not i had a moment where i said to mr new york hey what do you think your love language is and apparently he was not in a not in the right frame of mind to be introspective because he said to me can i not be quizzed right now are you serious <laughs> oh wow oh i know and I, he was not feeling introspective and that's what he mm-hmm. said interesting so now he didn't want to do like a myers break test over no, he, cocktails it was like 2 a.m when i asked him that <laughs> oh my god anyways it was funny it was very funny Okay, so I still feel like you've left me hanging. Um, You haven't told me about Mexico. Um, Tell me about it. It has been so great. Like, so, so great. I mean, we talked about it more on the Patreon, um, but I was kind of nervous. Like, this whole wedding thing, I think I just was like, it just all seemed just a little like too good to be true. And I definitely have very much like a when's the other shoe going to drop mindset. Right, as we all do. Yeah. I'm always thinking in worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and and anyway, so, you know, I think when, when it came to this wedding, it's like we got engaged and then we had so many different wedding plans. I'm sure our listeners are even sick of hearing about them. But I think I just was like, okay, are we ever going to settle on something? Are we going to get here? And there's going to be like, oh, you know, I'm not sure if this is it. Like maybe let's, let's take a few more what? months and plan it out. These weren't just like, oh, we'll get married on this day or this day at this place or this place. It was like, okay, we're either going to do a big wedding or we're going to do a small wedding and then a party a year later. Like they were like pretty, um, pretty different oh, types yeah. of plans and, and possible scenarios. I was afraid we would get here. We would do the site visit and I was just afraid he would be like, it's too much. Let's just elope. You know what right. I mean? right. And then I think what I would have heard in that moment is I just honestly don't want to commit to this wedding at all, you know, mm-hmm. like the, pl- mm. like the, I'm just going to have the target shifting continually and, and then, you know, it's never going to happen on some level. Right, right.
2: And, I and honestly, added- it was a
0: big commitment for you guys to even just go and look at this place. Yeah. And, um, but it was just so great. Like we got here, we did, I mean, this hotel Chandler is insane. It like, I don't want to, so I've tried to like post as few pictures of the actual hotel as possible because it's just really like so special. And I want people to experience it for the first time mm-hmm. when they get here. But it's like, it's the best, like by far the best hotel I've ever been to. Really? Like, yes. Yes. It's oh really, gosh. really special. Okay. Do you want to tell everyone where you are in the world? Oh, yeah. I'm in Cancun. I'm in Cancun. Um, So at this hotel called Nizuk. And um it's like a, it's twelve minutes from the airport, so it's super convenient. And is it anyway, like on that strip or no? It's I don't know because it's not like it's a private beach, so you don't you don't like walk to the other beaches. Got it, got it. You know how like at the other hotel we were at, you could like go to the next beach or the right. next hotel. Yeah, this is very like secluded. Okay, and it's really nice. Like even though it's. It has like two hundred and seventy five rooms, so it has a lot of rooms. It feels very small because mm-hmm. I don't know the way it's designed and the architecture. It just feels very intimate and like, and it's just really, Love really that. beautiful. Anyway, long story short, we like we did the tasting, we did the the tour, and we talked about it, and it was just like, yeah, sounds good, and we just like signed the contracts, and it just was like, no, oh, my god, it was like no sort of like. Um, oh my gosh! Wait. So I know what's the date? What's the official date? Now we can we start planning the other things and just like so, yeah. manage, so, getting prepared. I mean, absolutely. So the date is February fourth, twenty twenty two. She loves an even number. I mean, it didn't. I didn't plan it that way. It just kind of happened. Um, but yeah. So it's February fourth, twenty twenty two, and it's just it's totally happening. <gasps> Man, it's it literally like, a year from today. Do you know it's this? Chandler. It's April. 5th. Chandler. Chandler. February fourth. No, sorry, it's not a year, but it's on the phone. Sorry, I got confused. (laughs) Oh my gosh! That it's 365 days from today? I just saw the four was highlighted at my phone, and I was like, I literally went to go put it in my calendar and saw that, and I was like, Lauren, it's 10 months from today. And the next time the sun revolves around the earth, Lauren, you will be in the arms of your betrothed. Oh my gosh, okay, I'm putting it in my calendar. It's like, it's Um, literally, I was talking to mom about this, we're going to blink, and it's, and it's here. Yeah. No, it's, it's 10 months away. I need to figure out invitations like ASAP. Um, And anyway, yeah, it's just like, it it was just wonderful. Like he just, it was like, no problem. It was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what we want. I love it. No issues with, he wasn't like splitting hairs over anything. And it's just like, nothing like that. Just like, oh, great. Let's do it. Sounds good. Oh my gosh. I know. You're getting the big wedding you always wanted. I know. Me. I really – I know. I. This is literally what I've been dreaming about since I was a little girl. <laughs> so anyway, that's what's going on for me. Um, what's big going on news. for you? How have things been? Uh, things have been great. I flew back to San Francisco last night. I um, had a lovely, cute lunch with mom before we left. We talked a lot about how your wedding was just you know, a hop, skip, and a jump away. Okay. Mom and I listened to a podcast with Dog the Bounty Hunter on it, something we connect over. Dog the Bounty Hunter – I also texted Mr. New York and I said, I just want you to know that I have – an one thing you should know about me is that I have an unconditional love for Dog the Bounty Hunter. And this is true. Dog the Bounty Hunter does something for me that Dr. Phil does, that Tim McGraw does. There is something about a Christian man. I don't know why. I don't know how. But Dog the Bounty Hunter is extremely religious. He's also extremely tough. And (laughs) there's something I really, really like about that. And if you haven't – so – the the journey of me falling back and back in love with Dog the Bounty Hunter. I used to always watch his show on A and had a thing for his son Leland, who had a braid down to his navel. Um, yeah, I am big into that family. But basically, I was listening to the Smartless episode with Dax Shepard on it, who I mm-hmm. like, and um Dax was talking about one of his favorite interviews of all time being Dog the Bounty Hunter, and it's a two hour, like. It's a two-hour spiritual journey because Dog talks about how he was in, in prison when he was younger and how he became a bail bondsman and then moving to Hawaii. And like this man, while he may be problematic, I fully know that I think he is problematic slightly, he, this man is a man striving to be better, striving to be more godlike. And that <laughs> stirs my bones. That gets me riled up. Okay. I Send me the podcast. I want to listen because you know that my appetite for strong Christian men who love their wives, it's endless. Endless. Um, endless. Also, somebody, some cute person DM'd me and was like, what was it that you referred to um, Sam Hunt's music as? And I was like, oh, LOL, Christian sex music. And she was like, yes. So yeah, we've got a thing for strong Christian men who love their wives and Christian sex music. cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall, and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies They ship to all fifty states. Everybody, you gotta try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Um. Okay, Chan. I think we need to move on because we need to get to a few things that happened this week that are our, at the list, a matters at hand that our listeners want us to talk about. The first item is all the Shop Dolan drama. Yes. Dolan drama. There's been a lot of drama about them not being truly a sustainable brand, mm-hmm. and how they treat their employees. And it all basically started when they released some information about their spring drop three. Okay. Okay. And this is a seasonal brand, so they don't release stuff all the time, right? Like these are highly anticipated drops. Yeah, I mean, so they're. I mean, most brands are seasonal, right? That's right, but how, I feel like they like like their spring collection sells out, and then that's it's not like an H and M where there's just like or an ASOS where there's just like constantly new arrivals. Right, exactly. So, so there's there's fast fashion, which is like Zara, H and M, Mango, constantly new, constant freshness, constant newness. Right. Um, and then there's seasonal brands, which I think is most brands. Because that's how wholesale accounts buy. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. buy based on their seasons. Right. So, and I know this because that was my job at Stance. Right. was I worked on all the calendars that were bringing the product, how to bring the products to market. Mm-hmm. So from the very, very beginning, from when the the product line is just even conceptualized by the merchandisers to it actually being available on the rack, at the retailers, all of the dates that go into that, that was my job. And so I actually feel like I have a little bit of like, um, I can kind of speak to this a little bit more distinctly. Um, but anyway, yeah, totally. they, are, they are in hot water because um, they released some information on their Spring Drop 3, basically saying, here, let me pull it up. Can you also, should we give some context as to what these dresses look like? If people don't know what these, yeah. the type of yeah, let's, style. Let's the brand itself. The brand itself is a, actually, I don't know, you, you're you in more in this space, so why don't you speak to it? Well, I feel like the Goan brand, it's very much like, one thing I like about it actually, and the thing that drew me to it, um, is that it's very much like women, how women want to be perceived. Like It's mm-hmm. like a brand for women, by women, not a brand largely by men for women. Right. So all of the the photographs, they're they're all very beautiful and idyllic and it's like it's like prairie chic, barely sexy. Yeah. Basically yeah. not sexy though. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you they're like most of the time floor length dresses with a cap like they're very modest looking dresses for the most part, unless like there's nothing they're definitely not nightwear. That's what I'm gonna say. They're a dress brand that is by no means nightwear. Well they're not just a dress brand. They have tops, they have right, some sorry. pants yeah. and like coats. But yeah, it's it's very much like um, it's like Prairie Chic. Yeah, it's it's Prairie Chic, started by girls in LA, um, and it's very much like I don't know what's like a really sexy brand. There's like there's Fashion Nova, and then there's like (laughs) Doan on the on the other side of the spectrum as far as like fit goes. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and there's just like e- basically everything I have from Doan, Kagan hates. Like he hates it <laughs> so much. Like he actually brought it up on this vacation really? how much he hates this one dress of mine that no it's by Doan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. That's so funny. Um. So it's very much like man repeller, you know, prairie dresses. And when they first came out, they were so beautiful. Like mm-hmm, there were mm-hmm. beautiful Gorgeous. eyelets. Um, like very intricate lace detailing, really, really beautiful silks, gorgeous yeah. prints, so pretty, and so high expensive. quality. Well, they, and when they first started, they were expensive for sure, but they were like reasonable. It's like their probably highest priced dress at the beginning was $298. Like right. expensive, but not like, not like today. Not astronomical. The prices are now like $700 or $698. Right. For, their, for one of their dresses. Mm-hmm, so the prices mm-hmm. have gone up tremendously. I think once they realized they were so popular, yeah. they really wanted yeah. to target like an echelon of female consumers, like the mm-hmm. type of woman mm-hmm. who can casually go to the Brentwood Country Mart. And drop like $400 on groceries. Right. That's their consumer. Totally. And that's who they're catering to. And so they wanted to be in that echelon. So anyway, um, they dropped this. So how they... They used to like be a normal brand where they would say like, new, you know, we have a new collection, go check it out. They would drop it and you could mm-hmm. order it right then. Mm-hmm. And then they started to have a few styles each season that were pre-order only, mm-hmm. right? You pre-order them and then they would be sold out by the time they were actually available right. to ship. So it seems like more and more, however, as the years have gone on, not only have their prices gone up, but they've transitioned to only pre-order. Like virtually Mm -hmm. everything is Mm pre-order. So you buy it and then you never really know when it's gonna ship. Like there's an expected ship date, but then I guess they kept getting later and later. So anyway, Obviously, there's some production issues there that really shouldn't be any surprise, I think, because of COVID. Mm -hmm, Like, I think when you're dealing with a country like India, where I'm sure most of their products are made, um, you – You know, and and COVID, like there's just really, it's going to be very, very difficult to get stuff on time. So they basically, they released this statement and they this is what they said. They said, we have always loved to launch a full collection together so that our customers have full visibility into our entire chapter. And this includes launching styles available for pre-order, regardless of any production delays that may have arisen. Our decision to maintain our launches while items are still on pre-order is directly related to the intricacies of our supply chain and our commitment to ensuring that our vendors and their workers are paid on time and then fall throughout the year they basically just say like i don't know this is how they make sure they pay their suppliers on time okay cool seems a little it seems a little sus yeah um and then they also say they also say well we have several initiatives in development that began with sustainable sustainability and a wider effort towards a more eco-conscious future in mind We do not consider ourselves to be slow fashion or a sustainable brand. We know that the true net impact of manufacturing apparel, from agriculture to sewing to distribution, all the steps in between, is near impossible to measure and to benchmark against. We are not a made-to-order business, and pre-order is not a part of our efforts toward environmental responsibility. Rather, we are focused on changing changes within our supply chain, yada, yada, yada. So they basically say, hey, this is why we we do pre-order. Um, in order to, you know, help our cash flow to pay our suppliers on time. Also, by the way, we're not a sustainable brand. We make efforts toward it, but we don't claim to be like a fully yeah. sustainable brand. And did you did you talk about like did they just release this out of nowhere or were people asking for it? People were really pissed because they released a, a new collection while the order the the orders from the last collection hadn't even shipped yet. So they their pre-orders still waiting to go from okay. their last season and then they launch a new season with new pre-orders. And people are just like, what the hell? Why like why are you releasing all this new stuff when all your the stuff we already bought hasn't even come out? Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. And this is one of those brands where they very much have like um like a cult following. Like they have a mass like, you know, like they're not just like a a clothing brand, they really mm-hmm. are this like Lifestyle, yeah, um, you know, obsession and look, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, people are up in arms over the fact that I think people got really, really pissed because the brand definitely it it portrays itself to be sustainable. Like it Mm -hmm. has like sustainability agendas that are published, and they present themselves as being sustainable. Like in an interview, one of the founders talked about how s- sustainability was so important to them. Mm-hmm. And so for them to then come out and say they're not actually c- they don't really consider themselves to be slow fashion and a sustainable brand, it made people really mad because they're like, hey, I actually would only spend six hundred dollars on a dress or seven hundred or four hundred dollars on a top if I think that this is made by like very well paid people and it's of a- all a very, very, you know, right. Um Like that's why we pay high prices, so that I I feel good about this purchase. That's what I was just going to say. If I was spending over three hundred dollars on something, like especially a a dress or a top, like I would expect it to be sustainable for that price point. When a brand is is selling things at that type of price, I am expecting that they're extremely ethical and sustainable because they're like slow fashion if you will. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I would agree. Like you would expect them to be doing all they could, Mm -hmm. but I do think that there's a difference between like fast fashion, which is like a Zara that makes their clothes, like some of their clothes allegedly are made on ships in the middle of the sea so that they don't have to, so they are only abiding by maritime laws. Mm -hmm. Like that's how gnarly Zara is. Zara is Zara literally just rips off designers from the runway and then puts out products that are dupes. They also like like use like Uyghur labor, which is something I'm very passionate about. Yeah, so there's like Zara where Mm -hmm. it just you know you know that those that they're doing as their ethics is not high on their list. Yeah. There's like an H&M, which is adjacent, but they're really trying, they say. They don't have the same practices as Zara. And then there's like a Doan, which I guess you would think, okay, I hope everyone at least paid paid a fair wage. But I think for me, like when it comes to new clothing, like new clothing it's just never going to be sustainable, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, all those fabrics, they're going to have to be dyed. And even if it's, like, organic dyes, those dyes are still going to pollute. There's still just, like, so much waste that goes into it. So do you you think that – Okay, so, yeah, continue with, like – So what's your opinion of this? I actually think they're almost like, hey, we know that fashion is not in itself sustainable. I think, like, when it comes to all, like, eco – New, anything that's new for me I just don't think it'll ever be that eco-friendly okay okay so you think that people should people who are up in arms need to realize that this is just like a part of the reality well yeah maybe I think that I can understand the frustration mm-hmm. and I think that this is just part of the reality you're right like most things but it's just, just it's just crazy when a dress is $700 that it can't be like of the utmost like sustainability standards I can't be meeting those I guess yeah i think the the tough thing is that like words like sustainability standards like what does that even mean, right. yeah, I mean? I like mean, i don't even know that i like have a full definition of what that would mean like like there there's comments think- on their Inst- sorry go ahead well there's comments on their instagram where they're like you know, what are your factory workers paid? Are they paid a living wage? Yes, they're paid a living wage. There's third-party audits of all of the factories and they meet these terms, these, like, levels or these, like, you know, stand this standard. And then people are like, well, third-party audits are bullshit. And it's just, like, it's so gnarly. And it's, like, I wouldn't... If they told me, oh, our our factory workers are paid X dollars an hour, I wouldn't even know what what is a living wage in the area, in the place where they're, like uh clothes are produced and i think well, it's just such a trippy tricky topic it, it totally is i mean and i'm not i'm not great about fast fashion it's something that i like think about and should do better on but definitely like there's a lot of room to grow for me there yeah same you know it's a really really complicated topic because there's a flip side argument where it's like okay we want to have a situation where everything is completely like, somehow we measure it so that either we all wear used clothing, we stop apparel manufacturing for like, you know, 100 years or something to try to offset the past 100 years mm-hmm. or 20 years, or we do something like that to try to offset what's already been done. We don't produce for a while to try to offset what we've done in the past. And then we cancel all, we'd have to, you know, to to get to a truly sustainable place, we'd have to cancel all things like Zara, all things like H&M, those things which literally could not exist because of all the waste they produce. It's a joke. You know, then we're kind of back to where we were in like the early 1900s where you knew exactly a person's resources and access to resources by the clothes they were wearing. Like that's actually like one of the benefits of living in 2021 versus 1921. Mm -hmm. Like you actually Mark Zuckerberg wears the same outfit as a guy that works at Ralph's. And it's like that there's been a huge democratization not only of style, where like blue denim used to be the insignia of the working class mm-hmm. now it's worn by executives not only that but you can now go into an h&m a Zara, and you can get an outfit that makes you look just as put together as someone who can buy like a, a nice suit from nordstrom totally or even something even nicer a hundred percent and i think it's so counterintuitive to expect people who like I could do better, frankly. Like, I could do better with, like, putting my money into better places. But there are people who cannot afford to buy, like, slow fashion. And it's it's so so counterproductive to shame people for that. You're right. There are just so many people that literally can't afford to shop sustainably. That's just not the reality they face. Right, right. Um, And so I think that, like, this is not a problem that either of us are going to solve on Pop Apologist Podcast. But it's definitely, like... It's just a really, really layered, complex issue. Yeah, agreed. Very complex. Um, And I think that there needs to be a little bit more grace from the internet, honestly, for people. That's all. Yeah. I feel like people are just so quick to shame business owners. And while I think that there's definitely shadiness there, like like they shouldn't have been portraying themselves as, like, this, like, extremely eco-conscious, sustainable brand. I mean, and also, if if you look at the language on their website, like, they use sustainability language all the time. And if you were just reading that as, like, a regular person, you would think that they operate at those high standards. They use the word salad, the gobbledygook of, you know, ethically conscious, you know, blah, blah, blah. Ethics and and social responsibility. Right. And, and, like, that's just, like, those things are very vague and hard to, uh, like um, and hard to quantify. I get that people want the brands to have a stance on every social issue and to be environmentally very responsible and all of that. But to me, it it just seems so fraudulent. And so like, there are all all the ads that, that from brands that for like Black Lives Matter and how much of a joke it was. Like Clorox or Lysol, you know. It literally, it was just like something that they had to do, that the PR people were like, okay, we have to do this now. And it just rings so incredibly false to me. It doesn't seem honest at all. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm -hmm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk. It's a super fast, easy, quick snack. Also, I just love that the ingredients are clean, they're grass fed. It's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories. It is just the best protein powder out there. Everyone, go to cleansimpleeats dot and use the promo code pop apologist for 10% off. That's pop apologist
2: for 10% off. CleanSimpleEats dot pop apologist for 10% off. and let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna, that's D-A-N-A, on your podcast app.
0: All right, you guys, so sorry for this very strange interruption. However, the reason why... We are so late getting this episode up today is because something happened with the audio and 24 minutes into our conversation My mic went out and I didn't realize that until I was trying to edit it yesterday evening on my flight And so chandler and I had to wake up this morning record more so we could bring you a full episode today We decided to leave the dome and drama there. We're actually doing an interview with the founder of the brand Damaris Bailey next week and so we're really excited about that and we're going to ask her a little bit about her thoughts on it so we'll circle back but we'll leave that there for now and transition into my conversation with Chandler this morning from my childhood bedroom so enjoy. Can I tell you where I am Chandler? Where are you? Home. I am recording from My childhood bedroom, where many angsty Damien Rice songs were listened to, Mm -hmm. where many many poems were listened to aloud through speakers. Sure. I am, uh, yes, I am recording from my childhood bedroom. Kagan is in the other room. We are staying with mom and dad. We just got back from Mexico. And yes, we are staying in separate bedrooms. Okay. Yeah. I was just to confirm, um, you are betrothed, but you are staying, um, sleeping in separate quarters for your own sanctity yes mom made the point many many times like because i you know i was like oh you're an empty nester now you have extra bedrooms we're gonna come back for a week for after mexico mm-hmm. um and can we stay with you mm-hmm. and she was like it was just so funny because she was like yes but you have to stay in separate bedrooms and no premarital sex in my house my home and i'm like "Jeez, mom like <sighs> do you really think like that is what we'd be doing Mom's, like, nailing like the I'm 95 this- theses, like, to your bedroom door <laughs> before you arrive. Like, I'm sneaking over to McCall's bedroom with Kagan in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. Right, for some sort of twist. Right. Yeah. We're lovely. well past that phase. I not that there, you- there ever was one. Especially after you've just had a lovely romantic vacation. It's like, eh, you know, it's not really the worth it. The love tank is full. The love yeah. tank is full. Sorry to tell you, Mom, but the love tank is full. Disgusting. And it's okay. We can let off some steam at the Bledsoe residence. Okay, Chan, celebrity gossip that's been happening recently. Let's dig in. Sophia Ritchie dating the new, not new, the music executive son, Elliot Grange. Mm-hmm. He's actually a music executive, and I guess his father is like a really big music producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering if you'd seen this, if you know about it, if you have any thoughts. I'd seen it. I think he's cute. I ship it. I think he's age appropriate. He seems like a you know, very sweet boy. That was my thoughts exactly. Like, I very much am into this relationship because he seems like a very – he does seem like a very sweet, cozy boy. Mm -hmm. Like – First of all, he's 27. She's 22. We love that. Much healthier than the 36 to 18 or whatever the situation was. Yes. Scott. Um, also, I feel like he, um, he doesn't – one of the things about him that I really like is he has a verified Instagram account with 35,000 followers, but he doesn't post on it. Like it has zero posts. Right. Like he do- is not active on social media and that is very attractive to me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely is attractive. Um, I think – he seems like somebody who would never comment on, like, what she was wearing, not like, oh, maybe you should wear the other thing. Like, he just seems like he would have zero opinions about that and probably is, like, just super stoked to be with this gorgeous woman. Totally. And they probably, like, they have a lot in common. Like, they can compare what it's like to live with, like, super successful music music parents. Right, right. Music industry tycoon parents. I mean, do you think there's any part of Sofia Richie's life and like mental process right now, that's just like, man, I'm so glad I don't have to like play stepmom on honestly, it. Like, honestly, isn't this so much simpler and like more amazing? And I feel like there's there's something very much wholesome about a age appropriate relationship mm-hmm. that I feel like is probably a relief to her. Totally, like this is a guy that's. There isn't some, like, skee- skeezy element to it. <laughs> yeah. Not that that's always the case with those relationships at all, but I think a lot of times th- that is the case and you can feel it as the woman in it. Well, and honestly, like, getting into a, a relationship with Scott Disick of all the older men to choose from is, like, especially complicated. Yes. And I think, like, looking at who he's dating now, if anything, she's probably thinking, like, wow, I made the right decision. De- definitely. Uh, I can't handle the fact that Scott and Amelia Gray are still together. What did you think about all the rumors and accusations that – or not like – I guess basically it was teasing on the newest trailer. Um, They were teasing the fact that they broke up because um, Sophia was jealous of his relationship with Courtney and basically gave him an ultimatum and said it's me or Courtney. I feel like that's – I don't honestly buy it because I think that – she went into it knowing that he had that close relationship with Courtney. Like that's the mother of his children. He's obviously going to be going over there all the time. That's like his family. I I don't know. I, I don't see her being that like diabolical. It's like, no, you have to like cut off this entire group of people who have taken care of you. You know, your parents have passed on, but like they've taken you in and you've basically really just become a member of their family. And I just, I don't see her asking him to give all that up. I totally agree. I feel like as especially as a woman, I just feel like you're if anything you kind of want more family around. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I don't think that so I don't think Sophia would find Courtney threatening. Like if anything, it would be the opposite. Exactly, so- right. And so it's like, why wouldn't you just be happy to be like going on these lavish Palm Springs vacations, where mm-hmm. you're flying in a private jet from L. A. to Palm Springs, yeah, yeah. to stay at the Madison Club, you know, in one in their huge in their huge resort compound. Like, why wouldn't you be thrilled with that life? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um. Okay. Speaking of other Kardashian news, I'm dying to get your thoughts on Chloe PhotoGate. I cannot stop thinking about it. I saw. Right? I saw the headlines before I saw the picture. So I was like, what is this photo? Like, what what could it be? You know, Kardashian scrambled to try and get this photo off the internet, sending DMs, whatever. Um, and then I saw the photo and I like kind of broke me a little bit. Like The photo broke you? The when photo he... broke me because she looks beautiful. She just looks like every other woman who got a photo taken of her at the beach in some harsh lighting. And she looks good at that. It's just like, you can tell that she has a wonderful body from this photo it's just like not amazing lighting maybe that's like having some harsh shadows or whatever like that's the that's only downside on of it and that's just so normal and then I just had this wave of like wow they really do like tune, edit the shiz out of their photos and I'm like what is that doing like to people like ev- women everywhere I mean a hundred percent and I think like I think what was so fascinating about it is to just what you were saying like the photo is a like she looks great like there's not any visible cellulite like she looks completely great she looks like Like, she has a wonderful like a fit tone tan body totally and I I don't know I feel like I look at Chloe's Instagram and I see how much she has like tweaked her face and her like body into almost like oblivion yeah and it just seems like very evident that she has serious dysmorphia right like, right. See, like she's so I mean it's almost getting to like Michael Jackson level dysmorphia and to see how much the family supports it you know the yes. whole family rallies around the, her efforts to just literally like tweak herself into like oblivion well i think that that is what's actually um i think that that is like it's probably comes from a place of they're trying to like keep her happy does that yeah. make sense like, yeah. like they know how probably she's quite volatile when it comes to her like appearance mm-hmm. and the you know, the appearance she's putting out there. And so they don't want to deal with any sort of meltdowns. That's right. my opinion. well, and, and here's what I'm going to say. Like this to me illustrates a little bit that like even if you get super fit, you like you maybe transform your body into a new shape, the, the shape you've always wanted perhaps, like all of that mental baggage and dysmorphia follows you. And that's what's kind of scary. Like, not maybe not in the case with everybody, but, like, some, with someone like her. And maybe it's, you know, it's a lethal combination of being in, in Hollywood where she could basically never escape her former body or, like, you know, the, the, the world that she, like, was brought up in and, like, having Courtney and Kim as sisters and just having a different body than them. Like, maybe it's that that's, like, caused her to still carry this around. But, you know, she's, like, she's had revenge body shows. Like, she is fit. She, like, is fitness-obsessed. And it still, like, hasn't made her any less dysmorphic. If anything, it's just made her more so, I would argue. Which I think just goes to show that when it comes to looks, physical appearance, um, I don't know what – there is, like, a – it's, like, the – I don't know if it's, like, the law of diminishing returns, but I feel like the more you focus on it, the more you focus on perfection and you go down this path where you're right. trying to tweak every part of you into this optimal version of itself, mm-hmm. the more – you like become dissatisfied and unhappy exactly and and like i i definitely feel for her because she definitely seems like she is struggling right also so mj posted the photo oh it was mj Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure it was mj yeah oh my gosh like somehow mj posted maybe somebody screenshotted it and then it got like Does, does mj even have an instagram i think so yeah okay so just to like pivot Really quickly to wrap up the, our Kardashian talk, um, their new show will be on Hulu. This is public knowledge now. Yes. However, it's not a reality show, it's going to be something else. And so, like, th- they're going to have a show, but it's not going to be like the normal Kardashian show that we're used to. And I, for one, am just relieved about that. Yeah. So, what, because I- I've seen enough salad dating, backyard walking um cell phone scrolling tomfoolery it's i'm over it that's why i actually don't really even watch anymore so what do you think it will be though i mean i think everything will be very much like driven by whatever they're trying to promote and sell Mm -hmm. so it'll be like it might be like behind the scenes, like making skims. It'll be like him doing social justice stuff. It'll be like Kylie, like talking about I, I, I like it'll okay. be Kendall doing like doing a trip already. for the tequila brand. I mean, that already sounds way more interesting. Totally, totally, it does sound more interesting, and I think that's the purpose. That's the entire point of them having these shows, right? It's to yeah. actually promote their products. So yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Whatever, here for it. We'll probably will watch it. At least give it a try. Absolutely. So moving on from Kardashians, Chan, there is more information on Jen Shah that has been okay. released recently, and so I need to amend from last episode. I explained the Jen Shaw Shaga. Yeah, one of our listeners came up with Shaga, which I thought was so funny. Genius. Um, so genius. So the Shaga continues, and. In our last episode, I broke it down and I said that what what her companies did was they put up like these fake businesses online that would attract leads of older people. Yes. That which actually, Chandler, was giving it way more credit than what it actually okay, was. Okay. It was actually way more nefarious, way really? more antagonistic. It's not like they were putting up, um, it's not like they were putting up just passive websites. What the scheme actually was was they were actively targeting people so they were like finding finding older people and then going to them and trying to get them to start businesses like so it was like it was basically like a work from home scheme oh my gosh like, you know how you see those things that are like make 100k from your, right from your couch and will be right. like by the side of the freeway and it's yeah. like okay really like Tyler by the side of the freeway with his number. I can call him and make a hundred thousand dollars a year from the yeah, couch. Like, totally. how does this work? That Sound, um, sounds like a job you need to advertise on the freeway. Yeah, but apparently, okay. So what the companies allegedly did was they would call and actively target these elderly people who um, who would be good candidates and. And if the people – so they basically would like sell them packages for starting a business. Okay. So they like, okay, for $5,000, you can get everything you need, the merchant accounts, the website, the the hosting, like everything set up, and then you can have this business that will generate X amount of dollars for you a year. So the, these, these elderly people, they would buy into it. They would buy all the stuff to start the business. None of the stuff would actually be provided. But – then from those suckers that they would literally have a list of suckers who had bought into the scheme. Ugh. Then Jen Shaw, she would um her company allegedly would then sell that list of people to the to the scammers who would re-scam them and try to like basically say, okay, I have a way. They would know that they were in credit card debt for these, for the first fraud. And so then they would be like, okay, I have a way for you to get out of credit card debt. So it would be like double whammy. Oh no, that is so sad. People who target, (laughs) yeah, people who target, I guess, elderly and people in debt, like, rotten hell, rotten hell, Jax, rotten hell. I mean, it's so sad. Wow. It's so sad. And actually, okay, what's super interesting about this is I remember I was once on a date with a guy, and he was, like, pretty loaded. I remember this. And I remember Googling him later, and when I Googled his name, there were all these ripoff reports. And what I gathered by the ripoff reports was that he was part of this company, which he did the same thing. Like he would go around and I remember he told me this, he traveled for his job and gave presentations and he would give presentations where he would like teach people how to start businesses. And it was like this, I think there are like a lot of scams like this where they're like trying to trying to give you like some work from home package Ugh. and like business package that you buy but then and nothing ever happens and your card is just charged repeatedly Ugh. it's so so sad i um i honestly like hope she goes to jail yeah absolutely absolutely all right well lauren i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week sleeping in separate quarters from kagan abiding by those laws i'm proud of you Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Tell mom hi.
1: I will do. Um, Talk to you later. Bye.
0: That's all for now, folks. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because, in
2: order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself.